Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. We've got an awful lot to do today, so we are diving right in first thing. Good morning, everybody. A happy Monday to you all. Brand new week getting started here on Fantasy NBA Today. I'm your host, Dan Vespers, at Dan Vespers on Twitter, D A N. B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just Google search Dan from HoopBall, which, of course, are benevolent overlords, hoop-ball.com. The, uh, this is a HoopBall podcast, so probably got that figured out already. HoopBall Fantasy, that's where you can follow them on Twitter, and they've got stuff happening on the fantasy side, which is why we got to dive right in, because we have a laundry list of things to cover today, notably the fact that the NBA trade moratorium ended basically right as we hit record on this show. So, of course, if anything breaks mid-show, we will bring that to you. Although we got a bunch of rumors and some things that uh, sounds like might actually be happening immediately, that came out yesterday over the weekend. So we got a whole lot of stuff to talk about. I still want to get into a little bit more of our uh, early ADP numbers from our buddies over uh, at Hidden Upside the uh we got through the top 24 i believe if i'm not mistaken over the weekend yeah we got as far as donovan mitchell on the friday show so uh provided we have time we'll pick up where we left off on that uh yahoo leagues are humming now um you know they've got the their draft portal i think is is now officially set up i believe so i think you can uh i think you can adjust your draft settings if i'm not mistaken um, they have pre-draft player rankings now, so that's super interesting. Um, they do not have their overall, uh, their overall setup yet. They don't have their built-in rankings for this coming year. So you can look at players, but right now it's just going to show what they did last year um, and what the expectation is going forward, I believe. I, I think... Although there may be a couple of adjustments floating around in there, so we, we'll start to look at that over the course of this week. There is just a truckload of NBA things we need to go over. And we have a whole bunch of uh, promo to do as well. So, you know, but roll that all together and we're going to start having some really meaty shows here starting as of, you know, basically last week when we started to get NBA news on top of our usual fare. So what we normally do on the show is we like to start with things that are happening because they are the uh, most contemporary of the items. They are the things that are most relevant in this moment. Um, and, you know, we'll work from there. So here, here's your plan for the day, by the way, if you're grading this thing out. Uh, I'm going to tell you guys what's been happening over the weekend because there was 
a relatively large trade, I would deem a relatively large trade that is now uh, supposedly going to be happening any minute now between the Lakers and the Thunder. There was a smaller trade that happened this morning between the Pistons and the Nets. We have James Harden rumors from the weekend. We have hoop ball stuff I got to tell you about. Today is ExpressVPN Day on the podcast. We got to tell you about that. My bookie, Manscaped. There's so many things that are happening right now. Uh, and I think there's a Clavio ad that runs at some point during this thing as well. So we are really churning these days. So uh, enough of the BS. Let's dive right in. The uh, the biggest news over the weekend is that it sounds like the the Rockets are at least entertaining offers on James Harden. They've been telling teams, according to Woj, that they are planning on running it back this coming year. Because, look, let's face it, the Rockets are built exclusively to have James Harden as their focal point. They went hyper-small, floor-spacing style, so that he would never have anyone in his way should he want to just bounce the ball for 11 seconds, you know, four crossover dribbles followed by a weird, goofy drive and a foul. It is his world there. So while we know Russell Westbrook has demanded a trade, that's been official. The The reports on Harden demanding a trade have been, in my estimation, poorly sourced, and we haven't really had any of that from the Shams-Woj level of reporting. We haven't really had any of that even from the, uh, you know, like a tear down from those two guys, uh, which I would, I would probably put the athletic guys are probably the next tier down. We're getting reports from, uh, they're sort of trickling out that Harden has mentioned the Nets as a preferred destination. Uh, and then, who is that, guys? It's Scoop B, who's been all over the map these days. So, you know, I don't know that I believe that this is anything imminent. On top of that, I don't know that this trade, the one that's out there right now, at least, the, the Houston and Brooklyn combo, I don't know that that really makes a ton of sense for these teams, but... You know, we'll 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 worry about that a little bit later. That's just to me is another reason to kind of doubt the rumors a tiny bit. So we have a couple of things going on here on the James Harden front. So let, let's dive into that for a minute. First, uh, if Russell Westbrook leaves, which it sounds like they're working on that, that I would assume is sort of the first thing. Unless does Westbrook want to stay if Harden gets moved? We don't really know. Assuming one of those guys is gone, obviously whoever is left over, if there's still one left over on Houston gets a colossal fantasy bump. So let's not even worry about that. That's, you know, the obvious handicapping of the universe. And wherever those guys get traded, uh, you know, for Harden, he's gonna he wants to go to a team where he can win. Westbrook wants to go to a team where he can run the team. So fantasy-wise on that, you know, that side of the coin, we sort of have to break that down if or when we find out where guys are going. From just the the schematic side of things, Houston, you know, like, I don't know how fast this could be a disaster of a rebuild, depending on what they could get for those guys, because it's really a, a, a sell low moment on Russell Westbrook. It's a sell, you know, normal moment on James Harden, but you're never, ever, ever going to get equal value on a player of Harden's caliber. It just won't happen. The closest thing I think we ever saw to a team getting good value for a superstar, I would argue, was the Pacers getting Demonis Sabonis and Victor Oladipo for Paul George. You'd still rather have Paul George, but Oladipo and Sabonis became 
you know, near all-star caliber guys for a superstar. I mean, two near all-stars for a superstar is a pretty damn good return. Most of the time, you get a colossal haul, like, let's say, you know, what the Pelicans got from the Lakers, which is a very good Brandon Ingram, who has certainly improved, but, you know, being in New Orleans, being in that high-octane thing was part of it for him. And then, you know, pretty good point guard in Lonzo Ball, a pretty good backup shooting guard in Josh Hart, but and, and a, a crap ton of picks, which might pan out, they might not, but that's generally the way things go for a superstar. If you, and that was, like, the most anyone had ever considered giving up. Uh, you know, the Thunder kind of going the other way on this one, they actually got a lot for Paul George and for Russell Westbrook in the trades they made, sending those guys away. I don't know that I would call Russell Westbrook a superstar anymore. He's close, but his body's starting to fail him a tiny bit, and his weaknesses are so obvious and easy to exploit for teams that while he may run up some numbers during the regular season, we saw what happened in a playoff series when teams were able to game plan it. So what, what can Houston get? Uh, you know, the Nets one would net them, you know, some interesting young guys. Everybody loves Karis LeVert. I, I like him. I don't know that I love him as a, uh, a, a basketball player. He's good. Um, but you're never going to get any combination of guys that has the impact on a court that the superstar has. It's just simple as that. It's as simple as that. You might get a good haul, but you're not getting a superstar back. And those guys carry teams. That hyper elite group, that's the way the NBA works right now. You need the hyper elite guy to get over the hump. In fact, this bubble playoff was maybe a, a, the best example of that that I can remember. The Lakers, hyper elite, not particularly deep as a team. They had LeBron, Anthony Davis, and then, you know, whoever might step up on any given night, if anyone. In the playoffs, the Nuggets got it done with Nikola Jokic, and then it seemed like Jamal Murray sort of made a leap forward in the postseason. We'll see if any of that carries over. Um, on the other side, it was really Jimmy Butler. Hyper elite guys that are carrying their teams. The teams that got eliminated, I thought, were kind of interesting examples as well, but we don't need to go into too much detail on that because this is ultimately a fantasy basketball podcast. But the, the Harden thing... I'll believe it when I see it, because trading him away, I just, I don't know. And Brooklyn is a team that that has stuff, like a Jared Allen that gives Houston a center to build around, because, wow, would he be incredible there. Uh, Karis LeVert, they could send some of these good young players over. But Houston would be bad. They're not a playoff team if they get rid of James Harden. Boom, right out of it. Dunzo. Not in the West. They're just not built to get rid of him. They're not really built to run it back either. They're not getting over the hump with this current roster construction. So they're in a bit of a tight spot. And then their ownership is leveraged to the hilt. So we know that that comes into the equation. Anyway, you slice it. Things are just a mess in Houston. We'll keep a close watch on the Rockets. Uh, but I would think, and maybe the reason they're exploring this Harden side is that he's easier to move than Westbrook because he's way better. Maybe that's the maybe that's how it comes down. So he wants the Nets. Uh, we don't know if the Nets want him. It's a whew, it's a weird fit. I mean, I know you're getting one of the best offensive players of his generation, but he's also one of the worst off-ball offensive players in basketball. 
You saw what happens when he doesn't have it. Can they convince him to move around? Is it just, is it in his basketball DNA? I don't know. I mean, that's a weird fit. If I'm Brooklyn, I'm way more interested in a guy like Drew Holiday and what he can do to impact a game when he doesn't have the basketball. Bradley Beal is an interesting target. James Harden is is a brilliant offensive basketball player, but I don't know that that's really what the Nets need. And you're going to kill me because everybody's just like, look, talent finds a way. And yeah, that's probably true. Look, like like, like James Harden going to Brooklyn uh, would make them better. Having James Harden instead of Karis LeVert and Jared Allen and Spencer Dinwiddie or whatever the hell they send back, yeah, that obviously makes them better. James Harden is better than all of those guys put together. In fact, you might just let him play one-on-three, and he'd probably still... Well, he'd tie, because he wouldn't be able to stop them, but he'd probably score basically every single time down. But from a from an efficiency standpoint, I don't know if it makes them a a more likely a more likely uh, championship winner. By the way, Woj uh, is on ESPN this morning, and he is shooting down the Harden to Brooklyn stuff. I, I, that just happened, by the way, as we're talking about this. So I don't want to sound like I'm copying what he said already. I just, it doesn't make sense to me. He wants it. James Harden wants it. It seems like his camp is putting these stories out there. He says, look, if I'm leaving this place, I want to go to Brooklyn. I, I don't know how you, uh, I don't know how you make that work. I don't. Fantasy-wise, again, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. So that, to me, was probably the biggest news over the weekend that's now continued into t- this morning. The uh, Lakers and the Thunder have agreed in principle, so it hasn't happened yet, to a trade that would send Danny Green to Oklahoma City and Dennis Schroeder back to the Lakers, which, to me, is an incredible deal for the Lakers. I love Danny Green. You guys know that about me. I've been a Danny Green, I don't know if you can call me a Danny Green stan for a long time, but he's been someone that I've always had on that, you know, draft him between 110 and 150 and see if he can get enough shots in a team's offense because that's all it takes. He just needs to get like seven shots a game and he'll have fantasy value. Uh, But he is from a, a, a pure basketball standpoint, he's replaceable in a way that a guy like Dennis Schroeder is not so easily replaceable. They both are, to some degree, because neither one of them's a, a, an elite... Neither one of them's an all-star or a superstar. Uh, but Danny Green brings a very uh, repeatable stat set to the board. He's very good at what he does. He's excellent on, uh, on defense, positioning. He's always very good. He understands game plans, just a veteran. He's a winner. You know, he's won... I think he's the first player in NBA history now to uh, win championships with two different teams on back-to-back years. I, you, don't quote me on that. I might be getting that one wrong. Uh, but at the same time, Rajon Rondo opted out of his deal, and we all saw how terrible he was during the regular season. Playoff Rondo seeming to be a very real thing. The Lakers have some, some explicit needs coming into this year. Number one, Someone's going to have to pick things up because LeBron and AD are not going to be at full tilt until probably February. So uh, Young would be good. Schroeder, we'll, we'll call Young enough, uh, didn't play ultra deep into the bubble. Schroeder did get to the first round of the playoffs, but then was eliminated by the Rockets. So he's had uh, a, 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 a pretty 
a pretty good layoff. The first round of the playoffs ended, I think, at the end of August, if I'm not mistaken. So September, October, November, and most of December. He'll be rested enough to help get some energy going. He's very good in transition. He's very good at getting to the rim and finishing around the rim. Good free throw shooter. Not the world's greatest passer. You know, Rondo, I think, would probably have a little bit of an edge on him in that element. But his job with the Lakers is going to be to keep the energy up and provide playmaking because that that was Rondo's job. The, the Lakers knew they needed someone besides LeBron to do some playmaking because Anthony Davis, for as unbelievably transcendent as he is, giving him the ball in the post to just start a play is almost always going to result in a shot for Anthony Davis. He's not a great passer. Maybe that'll develop over time as teams now are forced to, you know, rethink their coverages, but he's not a great passer. So this is a massive pickup for the Lakers. This is the, look, Rondo, like, we'd love to have you back as a veteran, but we get it. You need to go make a couple bucks somewhere else. Uh, We got your spot here. And he's good. Schroeder's good. Lakers now, I think, I would argue, Dennis Schroeder would have probably been the third best Laker this most recent year, just kind of looking at their roster. And, you know, we always talk about that giant drop-off between their top two and everybody else. They brought in now someone who has who has talent, who's, like, ab- above the fray. KCP, by the way, also opting out this morning. So really big deal for the Lakers from a basketball standpoint. From a fantasy standpoint, this this kills him. Dennis Schroeder playing behind LeBron James is rough. I, I don't. Maybe they start him. I don't know. They could if they wanted to. I think they'll probably stagger him to some degree, give him a job not that dissimilar from what he had in OKC this last year as their sixth man. Uh, come off the bench, keep the offense chugging when LeBron goes out at about the five-ish minute mark in the first quarter, five, six-minute mark, takes his early break. Uh, and then, you know, the, the Lakers are going to miss Danny Green, Floor spacing, brilliant defensively, but they can go out there. They've already been linked to Wes Matthews. Danny Green, it sounds like, won't suit up for Oklahoma City. The the rumors are already swirling that the Thunder are trying to flip him somewhere else, just keep collecting picks and bodies and, you know, see what they end up doing with all of that stuff. So keep an eye on Danny Green. He, you know, likely there'll be a contender that's going to want his services. And if it's a contender that doesn't have two guys with stratospheric usage like the Lakers had, Danny Green could actually have fantasy value again. Getting him out of L.A. doesn't guarantee anything, but it does certainly open things up. He had a 0% chance of having fantasy value with the Lakers. There just wasn't enough for him to do on that team, and they had enough wings on that team this last year where his minutes didn't even need to be high enough. Going somewhere else, you know, a team that is hunting for Danny Green right now is a team that's probably going to want to play him a decent number of minutes. He only played 25 minutes a game for the Lakers last year, and that put him in the top 150 range. You get him up around 30, he's sort of among that group we talk about, the, the Marvin Williams, the, the Marvin Thad line, I've called it before, where if you get him 30 minutes a game, he'll be a top 109 cat guy. But there just wasn't enough for him to do in L.A. He didn't need to rebound because LeBron and AD took all of them. He didn't need to shoot that much because LeBron and AD took all of them. I mean, he still got his 1.8 combined defensive stats, didn't turn the ball over, hit two three-pointers a game, but he just he needs to be out there, and there needs to be a little bit more of an opening. Where he ends up, I haven't a clue. Honestly, if he stays in Oklahoma City, he'll probably have enough fantasy value there until they move him. 
So this is a guy to keep an eye on as someone who's probably not going to get drafted maybe anywhere. But you look at him as like a 12th round guy. 12th round guy that maybe gives you 8th round value on the year in 9 category. 9-cat Roto is probably where you're you're hunting here. He's, he wouldn't be particularly exciting in a head-to-head league. Since we've talked about this before, uh, in a head-to-head league, you're basically just trying to win the games battle every week. So having someone who's really good at turnovers isn't usually that useful. And then, of course, the final small trade of the morning, Bruce Brown was sent from the Pistons to the Nets for uh, Zana Musa and a 2021 second rounder, which... Seems like a fairly inconsequential trade, but there's actually a possibility that Musa gets playing time in Detroit. I'm not leaping at him, but it seems like they value his youth and shooting. So someone to put on your radar at the end of drafts. And for Bruce Brown, he was someone that was on my radar for the ends of drafts, and you can likely wipe him off of that now. Womp womp. Oh, well. There there goes that potential uh, old man type fantasy stat set guy at the end of drafts it was fun while it lasted i want to tell you guys about express vpn here and this is important because this is actually our last express vpn ad of the season and when i say the season i mean this this sort of off season time so this is where we really need your help i throw this out there when we really need it um let's talk about express vpn for just a second here they have been uh, really fun to work with so far. They've, they've actually given me uh, a trial of their product to check out. And if you go to the, let me just tell you the website, it's expressvpn.com slash hoopball. If you go there and sign up for their one-year membership, they'll actually tack on an extra three months on the end of it. So you get 15 months for the price of 12. Again, it's not a promo code. It's a specific web link, which is expressvpn.com Virtual Private Network, expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Let me tell you about what they do. Because you're like, Dan, you're, t- Dan, you're telling me to go there, but other than telling me the deal you're getting me, I don't know why. So here's the thing. There are tons of VPNs out there. Probably heard about them. I had. I'd heard about them, but I've never used one prior to working with ExpressVPN. But after looking through all of the options, they are the best on the market. Here's why. ExpressVPN doesn't log your data, right? You're, you're using this to try to uh, maintain your anonymity on the internet. Lots of the cheap or free VPNs actually make their money by selling your data to ad companies. Pretty shady, right? ExpressVPN doesn't do that. They have a technology called Trusted Server that makes it impossible for their servers to log your info. Second, they're the fastest. Part of being one of the bigger, more well-known VPNs is that they can invest in better infrastructure. They don't slow your connection down. The internet speeds stay the same. Even when I'm on servers on the other side of the world, I can still stream HD quality videos, no lag. And if I hit lag, it's because of Spectrum, not because of ExpressVPN. (laughs) And the the last thing, the other big thing with ExpressVPN that sets them apart from the other guys is that it's just easy. You just download one little thing, you click a button to turn it on, and you're on. You click one button to connect. Their ad copier says it's so easy even your grandparents could do it. That's probably right. It installs, it puts up a little on-off switch, 
you know, just like you're used to on your things, got the little circle with the line in the middle. It's the on-off button. You choose which server you'd like to join because you can actually appear to be in different places if you want. Uh, Wired, The Verge, CNET, Tech Experts, and me, Dan. We all love ExpressVPN. It's the number one in the world. ExpressVPN.com slash hoopball. Get those extra three months on your one-year package today. ExpressVPN slash hoopball. Check it out. It's really cool. Get your anonymity back on the internet. Uh, watch stuff that is blacked out in certain places. It's just a great way to avoid uh, the internet putting its squeeze on you. Big thank you to them once again for their continued support here on uh, on Fantasy NBA Today. So that's the news of the morning. Nothing breaking on the show so far, uh, but, you know, we'll keep an eye on it. I, I don't know... I don't know that I thought... There were going to be a bunch of trades breaking at 9 a.m. when we had already heard about stuff yesterday, but I don't know. We all got our hopes up that something was going to happen, and then nothing happened. Next thing on the docket. Oh, the laundry list, man. I told you, we got so many things to talk about. Um, boy, everybody is retweeting this this Brooklyn Harden thing. This is exactly what the Harden camp wanted, if if indeed this is him trying to get... I, I, would, I would put a small amount of money that that's exactly what's going on here. Um, I think we'll probably push the Yahoo discussion back, if I had to guess, uh, to later this week. But I did want to mention to you guys, well, nah, well, got to come up with my order of operations here. There's so many things to talk about. We're back into that time of year where I really got to line these things out. So uh, let's talk about some ADP information quickly here. Uh, and, and I haven't decided exactly how far we're going to go on today's show. But remember, we got through the top 24. And this is not Yahoo ADPs. This is uh, from our buddy Hidden Upside. It's from 10, 9, and 8 category head-to-head drafts rolled together so far. So this is pre-free agency. Uh, quick lightning round style. I'll recap what happened on Friday. We got through the top 24, which is Harden, AD, Doncic, Towns, Giannis, that's the top five. Jokic, Lillard, Trey Young, Tatum, Kawhi Leonard, that's the next five. LeBron, Steph, I thought that one was pretty late. Devin Booker at 13, Adebayo and KD, also surprised me. Ben Simmons, Bradley Beal, Joel Embiid, John Collins, Paul George. And then uh, the last four we talked about was Porzingis, Russell Westbrook, Jimmy Butler, and Donovan Mitchell. So let's get through another handful of these today. Um... You know, we'll just kind of see how far we get. I don't want. I don't. I don't like to describe how far we're going to get in a given show because I want to just talk about each thing as it as it comes up, and I don't know how long that's going to take on each thing. So number twenty five was Kyrie Irving, um, the, and I think we stopped at a good time yesterday because remember, I know he only played twenty games this year. Kyrie was number six in the twenty games he played this season. He really does, and, and admittedly, he didn't have Kevin Durant next to him. But he very well could still take uh, 19, 20 shots per game. So while I do believe there will be a slight drop-off because usage is value, I don't think it's going to be that pronounced. The, the drop from twenty from 6 to 25 is substantial. Remember, Freddie Van Vliet was 20, 25 this last year. And the, the jump between Van Vliet and Kyrie Irving... Uh, is, is basically the same as between Kyrie Irving and James Harden. And if you're going the other way, it's between Van Fleet and, like, Duncan Robinson. So it's it's substantial. I don't think he falls that far. I, I think that a lot of this pick is fear of injury. And they will kid-glove him a little bit. But Brooklyn 
has their eye on a championship. That's the goal for this year. Um, I don't I don't think there's any way to argue against that point. This is sort of the the year they were building for. It's why I think they went incredibly safe with Kyrie last season. And if you look at what he was doing in Cleveland and Boston when they were trying to win championships, he was generally and there was a rough year, 2015-2016 in Cleveland, he only played in 53 games, and then his first year in Boston, he played in 60. But in between there, there was a 71, 75, 72, 67. Those are an 82-game season, of course. But, you know, I think you're probably looking at about a dozen games on the shelf for Kyrie, and getting him at 25, playing 60 games at what could very well be kind of a top 12, top 13 type, type of spot makes him, uh, to me, a really easy guy to take in that range. Yusuf Nurkic at 26, that's actually a tiny bit high for my liking. Um, you, you can throw his bubble stuff away. That That's not, you know, 3.4 defensive stats a game is, is probably not in play for a full season. Nurk is most likely going to be, you know, uh, Nurk pre-injury last year is, if I had to guess, he was number 37 at 16 and 10 with 2.4 defensive stats, and, and that's... I don't think that unreasonable to expect him to get back into that range. So if you're taking him here, if you're taking him in the 20s, you're hoping for uh, intensely high durability, I would think. Rudy Gobert at 27. We've talked ad nauseum about Gobert and how, to me, he's being dramatically underdrafted this year. Uh, 27 is actually uh, a little bit early. Um, or I don't say early. It's a little earlier than I was seeing him go in some other spots. But remember, uh, he's actually still pretty good this last year. Like, eh, well, he wasn't great. Um, things took a little bit of a hit. He was 33 on a per game basis, but he showed durability. And to me, that's that's probably where he's at. But he makes it makes him a very easy pick if he falls into that 30 range because. He's probably going to beat his games played mark. That's He's looked like he's kind of settled into that now. Um, and, you know, the free throw does drag him down, but he's going to be hyper elite in rebounding. And I could easily see his blocks come back up by 0.2. That's all it would take. Random fluctuation, basically. And, uh, and he jumps back up by half a round. Well, you know, a little bit of a block here and there goes a long way. I like Rudy Gobert. I'm good with him here. I'm good with him... I don't think he gets drafted much earlier than this anywhere. Unless everybody suddenly just changes their opinion of a guy who, by most accounts, disappointed people this last year. Nobody cares that he played in a ton of ball games. They care that he let them down uh, on a per game. And then Brandon Inger was kind of the opposite side of this thing. Um, you know, he's getting drafted based on how good he was early in the year, but nobody seems to care how bad he was after Zion came back. I don't want anything to do with Brandon Ingram again this season, because he's going to get drafted way too early. Last year, I didn't want anything to do with him because I thought his fantasy game was never going to quite evolve, and then that that was straight up wrong. We all missed that one. Handful of folks that didn't. Uh, but this year, I'm not getting suckered in. Zach Levine at 29. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, he was 38 in 9-cat. I think this is a situation where his number is being pulled forward by 8-cat a little bit, and that's fine. I won't have him in that many nine-cat roto drafts because he'll end up going a little early, and I'm okay with that. He's a guy you probably target a little bit more in head-to-head. If you're playing nine-cat or you know eight-category stuff, this is this is beyond fine for him. That's in fact that I might even call that a little bit late. Vooch at thirty, 
This one, this one. Keep your eyes peeled, guys. Vooch, Vooch at 30 is striking. I know he had a down year this last season, but he was still pretty good. And the Magic aren't moving off of him. Uh, Jonathan Isaac is out for it. Oh, by the way, Evan Fournier opted in, so he's back. Makes that team pretty easy to handicap. Uh, Vooch was 17 this year, guys. I had low turnover, so he takes a little bit of a hit in 8-cat, but 30? I don't know. I think he'll end up going a little earlier than that as everybody stops, you know, hunting the hot thing. But, boy, Vooch could be that early round D-bombs guy we were always looking for. Why is he going here? Haven't a clue. DeAndre Ayton at 31? That's also kind of late. He was 20 after he finally got everything squared away. There's an injury concern with him, even after the suspension stuff, but he was 20 in 30 games last year. I don't get it, man. Everybody's moved on. It's the magic of the post-hype with DeAndre Ayton. Everybody thought he was going to be, like, number 15 and just dominate everyone last year, and then he was kind of clunky, and he got suspended, and he was hurt, and so everybody soured on him. No one can actually extend their brains past a couple of months of memory. And then with Vooch, I, I seriously don't know why people are so irritated with Vooch. I know he wasn't, like, number 12, where some folks were taking him, but... And I know he missed, what, nine games? Something like that? I don't remember what happened there. Uh... It, but, like, he was still at 20 and 11 with a steal, a block, one and a half threes, three and a half assists, and the Magic are playing faster. I love it. Give me all the Vooch. I'm going to pause here at DeAndre Ayton uh, to remind you guys of what we've got on sale over at Hoopball right now. And I don't want to spend too much time on this, but it is so critical for us. This is the time of year where Hoopball powers the locomotive. So please. Go check out the Fantasy Pass. It's $4.99 a month. $4.99 a month for the Fantasy Pass. It's a brand new way of settling this year on the HoopBall site where you get the draft guide, early access to the Brewski 150, and all season long you get our premium tools, interactivity, the live Q&As on video shows with the pros, Discord chats we're adding this year, um projections, depth charts, you name it, it's got it. And that's for $4.99 a month, hoop-ball.com. Check out the premium stuff. And if you like sports betting, which I know some of you guys do that listen to this pod, you have the HoopBall 360 package, which is earlier Brewski 150 access. It's everything in the Fantasy Pass and our brand new Wager Pass, which is off and running already. They just went 3-0 on the NFL plays yesterday. Please check that out, hoop-ball.com. $4.99 a month on the Fantasy Pass, $12.99 a month on the HoopBall 360 plan. It is awesome, and it's how we stay open for business. It's why this podcast can be free. Stuff like that. You know, the, the advertising we do and the things we sell at HoopBall. This is why I can keep doing this show every day for zero cents. Not a nickel. Wouldn't ask for a cold nickel. So please check that out. I have a huge announcement, and I don't know why I didn't mention this at the beginning of the show. Big, big, big announcement coming up at the end of the podcast today, so stick with us here, and we'll get to that point. Pick number 32, or ADP number 32, and this is Jamal Murray, which he's probably going to end up going too early in drafts. Jamal had a, an incredible, an incredible bubble run. 
Um, but we've all just forgotten the fact that in the regular season, he's a very calm, top 60 C.J. McCollum-like player. I mean, I don't see them dramatically changing who's taking the shots. If his shots go up from 15.5 to like 16.5 or 17.5, then yeah, he could move up the board. Um, but he's also going to be exhausted. He played himself nearly into a grave during that bubble run. So no thank you. I, I love his game, uh, the way it's evolved now, because I used to be down on Jamal, but he's evolved nicely uh, during the bubble. But yeah, no, there's just too many red flags on this season. Pascal Siakam at 33, he's become a little bit of a post-type guy. Everybody wanted him in the 20s last year, and he stayed the same. He was number 36. There was no real evolution to his game. I think that's who he is. So take him in the mid-30s with confidence. Demonis Sabonis at 34, that's too early for me. Eight or nine cat, that's too early for me. He was number 45 in nine cat. He was a hair earlier in eight category leagues. Coming off of plantar fasciitis, uh, this to me is sort of the, the pinnacle of his fantasy game where he's not taking a ton of outside shots. Almost 19 points, 12 and a half rebounds, five assists a game, uh, great field goal percent, free throw that doesn't really crush you, not much defensively. That's not changing anytime soon. To me, I don't see an obvious spot for improvement outside of free throws. If he gets that turned around, then yeah, he could climb a little higher. But I think we're now sort of seeing who Demonis Sabonis is, and in non-category le- leagues at least, he's about a round shy of this spot. Andre Drummond at 35. This is a guy whose ADP is going to move substantially when we know where he's playing because he was in the top 14, top 12, top 10 for stretches in Detroit, and then went to Cleveland. It was like a top 90 guy. He ended up at 26 this last year, missed a bunch of games, had the avocado thing. Um, he, he, we're going to have to see what his contract looks like too. Um, Right, I, think, I thought I thought he opted in, but now I'm now I'm getting myself confused and tongue twisted here. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, this is probably a guy that I avoid unless we find out that somehow everything is opening up for him. Um, I I believe that the rumor was that he had opted in. Did that end up happening? Let's double check on that while we're live on air here. This is this is called Dan gets his wires crossed mid podcast. So fairly certain that he had said he was opting in. I don't know if that's actually become official. He said he had planned to opt in. Do we ever get confirmation on that? Well, regardless, if he is indeed with Cleveland this coming year, then um, I think I'm going to let someone else deal with that mess. I loved Drummond last year. Uh, it, it is a contract season, which is the reason to be high on him. Uh, but Kevin Love being around, the team being bad, Larry Nance being around, there's a lot of reasons to be kind of concerned there. The fact that he's fallen this far is is kind of interesting because if he does come out and and give that Detroit level really the stuff that we saw early this last season when it seemed like he was playing for the big contract. I don't know what the hell you're going to get out of Drummond this year, but you know, there's, a, there's a very real chance that, uh, that he has a horrible season, and there's an almost equally real chance that he blows this ADP out of the water. It's a little bit too risky for me, I think, especially in a shortened year. Drew Holiday, pick 36. That's too low. He was number 37 and had, by all accounts, the worst year he could have possibly had. Uh, the question is, does he get moved before the season starts? So that's where you're hanging on things. But I'll happily take Drew Holiday at the end of the third round. I got no problem with that. Freddie Van Fleet, uh, pick number 37 in this uh, in this list of ADP. 
which is uh, slightly behind where he was. He was number 28 on a per-game basis. I, I, I've actually... I feel almost guilty taking him here. We still don't know where he is, by the way. I would assume he re-signs, but we, we don't know at this point. Um, fourth round is, is, I think, pretty fair for him because I do think there's a slight step back. But then at the same time, if Toronto moves anybody, if they don't sign a center... Now, this is a team that could go very small and really get up and down the court, and there could be a ton of fantasy value there. Rob Covington at 38, he'll probably go earlier than that in non-category leagues just because people will be more tuned in. He was brilliant with Houston. Um, who knows what where he's going to end up here if the Rockets are really blowing things up, but I don't honestly, I don't care. He, he has such an easy path to fantasy value with his stats that he puts up that you, you like if he's falling this far, you absolutely positively have to take him. That's just the way of it. Shea Gilgis-Alexander at 39. Uh, I'm fine with that. Um, he was 46 this last year, and the arrows pointed firmly up for him in OKC. He's going to have a lot of responsibility. And we've already seen Dennis Schroeder moved, so Arrow just keeps going up. He's one of those buzz guys that, you know, he might not even get drafted early enough. There's so much buzz, and there might still not be enough. John Morant at 40. Uh, you know, big deal, eight versus nine category there. Uh, you know me, I'm mostly in nine, so probably not going to be taking him. Uh, and he's going to go too early because there's a lot of name power. Kyle Lowry at 41. The fear there is, does he rest? Because Lowry is number 21 on a per-game basis last year, and I don't think his game is going to change very much season over season. I mean, if he's falling to me in the you know middle of the fourth round, I'm definitely taking him there. You'd, you'd have to pry him from my cold, dead hands at that point. Darren Fox at 42. Uh, that's a pretty big 8-9 cat split, although I like the Alvin Gentry stuff uh, in Sacramento. Chris Paul at 43. This is, I think, people very concerned about him getting traded. And if he falls to the fourth round, I got to take him again. I don't care where he goes. Even a bad Chris Paul is better than a fourth rounder. And I figured he was going to go in the in the teens, but... I guess we'll find out. You know, the Yahoo ADPs, when those come out probably next week, if I had to guess, post-free agency, those will tell a, a, a truer story on Chris Paul. I don't think he's going to go this late. That, that would really surprise me. Jaron Jackson Jr. at 44. Um, I don't know. I, I'm still not completely sold on him growing the parts of his game that need to come around. Are the blocks come back to a super high level? Can he start to rebound? Do the percentages come back? There are some holes we're seeing now. He could plug them. He could plug them. The, the sky's the limit, but I don't, I don't know that I believe it's happening. D'Angelo Russell at 45. Uh, again, that'll be another pretty big 8-9 category split. He was number 60 in 9-cat this last year. I'm okay with him, actually, in this range in 8-cat. He'll probably go a little too early for my 9-category liking, but I'm actually not as down on D'Lo this year as I have been in seasons past, so keep an eye on him. It's tough to get these guys to fall to you in 9-category leagues. Just the high turnover... High-scoring guys, they just don't. Like a Zach Levine, uh, D'Angelo Russell, they just don't make it far enough. They don't, unfortunately. Lonzo Ball at 46, he could have a really nice season. I think he probably will. Zion at 47, I'll let somebody else deal with that. And DeMar DeRozan at 48 is, uh, you know, he's probably getting moved, right? So, um dude, I, I I desperately want to throw him on a team, but until we have some clarity on where he might be, if we go into opening day and he hasn't been traded yet, I, you know, if you get to your draft and he hasn't been traded yet, 
I think you probably have to just let somebody else roll the dice there. As much as he's been incredibly consistent, not knowing where he ends up. What if he gets moved to a team where there are other superstar level players? I'm not saying he's a superstar. I'm just saying like there was a rumor that the Lakers were interested. What if he went to LA? His value would tank in Los Angeles. I just can't condone that kind of risk, especially during a shortened season and especially not in in the first three or four rounds. I'm going to do you guys a favor today, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump over some of our promo. You guys know the deal. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up with promo code HOOPBALL. Easy, right? Mybookie.ag, promo code HOOPBALL. Or manscaped.com, promo code HOOPBALL20 over there. By the way, we just got a report that Kristaps Porzingis will not be available to start the season, so keep dropping him. You cannot spend a second-round pick on a guy who's not healthy to start the year. Can't do it. Don't do it. I promise you, if you take someone like that, your season will end before it starts. That's actually kind of a big thing that got buried here towards the end of the show because the news just broke. Kristaps Porzingis won't be available to start the season. That means we don't know when he's playing. It means he's going to get rest days. It means you're looking at probably a maximum, a maximum of like 58 games. And that's a best case, probably less than that. By the way, that puts Dallas in a tight spot. That means Luka's going to have to do everything, and he's going to get himself hurt doing everything. But that's not the big news I say for the end of the show. Big news at the end of the show is hoopball leagues are open. That's right, hoopball. Every year we host leagues with our buddies over at Fantrax. Uh, I am not in them, so please everybody stop saying I can't wait to beat you, Dan. I am. We are the commissioner of these leagues, but we don't have a team in them. These are listener reader, and hoopball staff league. So you will see hoopball writers and podcasters sort of interspersed throughout them. They're all nine category this year. We were planning on adding eight cat as well, but with the short turnaround here, it's just it's too much going on. Uh, so it's nine category leagues. We have four types. Roto, cash leagues, $50 buy-in, head-to-head cash leagues for $50 buy-in, and then free versions of each of those. So Roto cash, uh, head-to-head cash, Roto free, and head-to-head free if you would like to be in a hoopball league for this coming season, find a way to get in touch with me. I will connect you with our buddy Andre, who will be handling league placement this year. You can reach me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Follow me so I can send you a direct message and we can get in touch about the hoopball leagues. Or if you're not on social media and you want to get involved in the hoopball league, email Team Hoopball at hoop-ball.com with the subject line Hoopball League, and I'll find a way to get you in that way. So I'll make sure we get you in there. Again, at Dan Baspers on Twitter or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Let's fill these bad boys up. The email went out last week to everybody that was in a league this last year. If, by the way, you haven't seen that email and you were in a league last year, check your spam folder because I sent it on Friday. All of you guys, you had first crack at at jumping back in. We have plenty of leagues. We'll just keep them open until people stop asking to join or the draft gets too soon, whichever kind of comes first on that front. Uh, Drafts are on December the 7th. They're slow drafts because people are going to be all across the world in these things. Can't wait to get these bad boys going. Hoopball Leagues, open now, at Dan Baspers on Twitter, teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com by email. Hit me up. Let's get you guys in them. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, And that's it. That's our show for Monday. We'll continue to break down ADPs, and I'm sure we'll have more news to talk about tomorrow. 
We are on the countdown clock, guys. We are really coming up. Tomorrow, the 17th, is, I believe, five weeks from opening day. Right now, we are 36 days from the start of the NBA season. It is coming fast. Again, reminder, $4.99 a month, the Fantasy Pass over at HoopBall. Please check that out. I'm Dan Vasperis. Bug me for the HoopBall Leagues. So much going on this week. So much going on as we run down the clock here to the NBA season. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. This has been a HoopBall presentation.